0: We'll be back next week, barring any shock announcement or potential shock managerial sacking to talk about. You know, Chelsea, fingers Chelsea. If you can wait till Monday so this pod is out by then, that would be very nice. Welcome back to That Chelsea Podcast. Now, what you'll have just heard in the intro is what you've heard at the end of Sunday's episode. Yeah, they really, really couldn't wait till Monday to announce it. It was announced Sunday evening. Anyway, here I am just just scrambling together a a quick episode for you. Hence, for the first time ever, it's a solo episode. So we're just going to see how this goes. This will probably not be something of a regular occurrence. It's just timing uh, makes this the way it is. So let's get into it. As you all know by now, Graham Potter is no longer Chelsea manager of the news breaking yesterday evening without going over old ground from, from yesterday's episode. It did feel almost inevitable. I think, you know, the sense of you'd have got from a conversation I had with, with Tom Cody was, we felt that it was a case of, of when not if, and that the best case scenario would be him getting, uh, you know, through to the end of the season and then parting ways. But that was not to be the case. Um, I've released a statement. I'll just read that now. Obviously, I'm sure some of you have read it already. But Chelsea FC has announced that Graham Potter has departed the club. Graham has agreed to collaborate with the club to facilitate a smooth transition. In his time with the club, Graham has taken us to the quarterfinal of the Champions League where we will face Real Madrid. Chelsea would like to thank Graham for all his efforts and contribution and wishing well for the future. Bruno Salter will take charge of the team as interim head coach. Co-controlling owners Todd Boley and Bedad Agbali said, on behalf of everyone in the club, we want to thank Graham sincerely for his contribution to Chelsea. We have the highest degree of respect for Graham as a coach and as a person. He's always conducted himself with professionalism and integrity and we are all disappointed in this outcome. Along with our incredible fans, we will all be getting behind Bruno and the team as we focus on the rest of the season. We have 10 Premier League games remaining and a Champions League quarterfinal ahead. We will put every effort and commitment into every one of those games so we can end the season on a high Right. Look, my feelings on the matter are are pretty simple. I'm not devastated Graham Potter is gone. I don't think anyone really is devastated that that Graham Potter is gone because like me, you basically all had zero emotional attachment to him. And football is about, you know, the emotions you feel. And and none of us really had any strong attachment to him. My stance throughout on the podcast has been that while he was Chelsea manager, he had my support um, and I was not going to call for him to go. But you know now he has gone, and you know so be it. Really, um, I think it's a shame it didn't work out. Like quite a lot of people, certainly, I was excited when when Chelsea appointed him after after we we parted the company with Thomas Tuchel. I thought it was nice to see Chelsea take a chance on an up and coming manager. Really, it was sort of you know a bit different to, to sort of what we'd done in the past. And ultimately, while the questions will will you know go say. Now, looking back on it, was it too big a jump? Yeah, maybe it was, but you're never going to know till you take that chance. All these proven top-class, top world-class managers don't get to where they are without someone taking a chance on them. We took that chance on Graham Potter, and it did not. It did not work out. You know, Graham Potter, unfortunately, during his time in charge, did not show enough to convince myself, many of you, but most importantly, the owners who make this decision, that he was the right man for Chelsea. And and that's the end of it. Um, I do not think this needs to be sort of you know the end for Graham Potter. You know, in terms of managing, you know, at top, at top clubs, I think his time could could come again. I think he's still what well, this Chelsea job does not undermine all his previous work. I think he will he can easily fight. You know, he'll easily be able to to secure another good level Premier League job. I mean, the Leicester vacancy is available now. I'm not sure going to Leicester in a relegation battle right now, given, you know, going from one crazy environment at Chelsea to an, a different but a similar crazy environment at Leicester would be good for him. But we will we will wait to see. I said I harbour no ill feeling towards Graham Potter. I don't really think fans should necessarily harbour any ill feeling towards Graham Potter. He was just he was oh, you know, I can't fault him as a person. He was a nice guy. I thought, you know, maybe at times he was too nice, uh, you know, for for some fans liking. I know people got bored of the old the boys gave it everything. Line of that will probably just be, you know, a line that is probably just how he's sort of remembered um, from his time at Chelsea, which is unfortunate for him. But there's no, yeah, there's no need, there's no ill feelings towards Grand Potter. I know I was pleased Chelsea, you know, went for it. It did not work out. That's life. Again, another Grand Potter <laughs> phrase. But, but it, it is what it is, right? There's no need to be. To be too negative on it. Look, when we look back at Graham Potter's reign, the issues come in the Premier League, right? That's where the issues are in the domestic cups. I think he's unlucky. I think he's unlucky that he gets too, he gets drawn away against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup with a greatest bet. I don't think we expect Chelsea, sort of, you know, to beat Manchester City away. Really, sort of in any any guys right now. Certainly not before or after after Potter because. It's not something we've not scored a goal against Manchester City since that Champions League night in Porto. So there's been a lot of games since then. And that's just just um the way it goes. So the domestic cups, I think he there is a sense of him being unlucky there. Um maybe he's a bit unlucky with with the injury situation. But again, I think you've got it you've got a squad, you've got to try and manage. It, and your job as a manager is to find solutions. And ultimately he was not able to find adequate solutions to that. In the Champions League. Don't think we can really fault him there. He took over Chelsea, you know, after match day one of the Champions League, where we, you know, just after that pathetic defeat against Dinamo Zagreb, which left us in a, you know, a bit of a precarious position in that group because that was the arguably one of the easiest games in the group. And we'd lost it and we still had to play Milan twice and Salzburg twice. Uh, His first game is obviously that, that Salzburg draw at Stamford Bridge. But I think, look, credit to Graham Potter. He'd never... Managed in the Champions League before and he got Chelsea out of, you know, a potentially tricky looking group pretty easily. There was, you know, some, you know, two really good strong performances against AC Milan, who are, you know, fellow Champions League quarter finalists this season. Um, so to credit to him how he nav- navigated the group stage. Um, and then he ultimately also navigated around a, a 16 tie against Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, as we mentioned on pod at the time, thought he was very unlucky to lose that first leg, like, you know, if he missed chance at Chelsea Grade. Uh you know, and then, obviously, there's that that breakaway goal we can see. But he turned it around in the second leg. And that was one of the best nights at, at Stamford Bridge uh, in, in a long, long time. Stamford Bridge was so happy at full time. We saw, you know, Graham fist bumping the, the Matthew Harding end at full time. And I'm pleased for him that he got that moment. You know, that was the best moment of his career so far came with us. In a way, I'm kind of pleased. You know, I am pleased he had that night with Dortmund. I'm obviously pleased because it meant Chelsea obviously progressed in the Champions League. and I'm also happy... Graham Potter that you know he had that moment that all you know his 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 him working to this moment with with his time you know at Osterson, Swansea, Brighton it kind of led to sort of that moment and it's it's a shame that that's as good as it got for him at Chelsea it is a shame but that's the way it is look the real issue comes in the Premier League because that's that's sort of your typical your bread and butter to use another really cliched Clichéd phrase, but that was where the issue came for Chelsea. His overall Premier League record, 22 games played, seven wins, seven draws, eight defeats, 21 goals scored, 21 goals conceded. There were nine games in which we failed to score under Graham Potter. You contrast that, you know, to who we just played at the weekend, a similar under Uno Emery. And at the time of recording, they've not had a game where they failed to score under him yet. The Premier League is where the issues arose. He took over Chelsea when they were in sixth place and we're currently 11th. You know, that's it's it's just been, after a a brief uptick in form, I think winning those first three Premier League games, I think it was against Crystal Palace, Wolves and Aston Villa, you know, it's been downhill, really, since then. Um, I think, you know, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I do, part of me does sort of, I guess, wonder, is that Manchester United draw... A big moment in Potter's range sort of what could be, you know, because it was a poor game. It was following up a nil nil draw at Brentford, which was a pretty just dull game. But Chelsea, you know, it was a pretty, that game was one of the worst Premier League games you watched this season. But Chelsea took the lead laid on in that game. You know, it was a, it was a Georgina 87th minute penalty. And you're thinking, right, Chelsea are going to, you know, just going to win a the game. They've not been great, but they're just going to, you know, get a win that maybe they don't deserve. And it's a sign, you know, it'd be Grand Potter's first sort of statement win. If you will, but then Casemiro goes in the ninety fourth minute, and you think, hmm, you maybe just want like that was was that a turning point? I don't know. One of the big turning points potentially is that Brighton game, that first defeat, because that is where the the downturn that started the downturn really that started where Chelsea were well, pretty, you know, they got torn to pieces, and I don't know if that that shocked Graham but if that scared him, because um, I'm, you know, did we see yeah, see some of the innovation what saw after after that Brighton game? I really. I really don't know. And just looking, you know, focusing in further, and the Premier League, Chelsea's home record under Graham Potter was not good. Played 11, won one four, drawn three, lost four. A win percentage of thirty six point four percent. That's the lowest of Chelsea's last five managers. Thomas Tuchel was just above him, played thirty two, one sixteen, drawn eleven, lost five, with fifty percent. Frank Lampard played twenty eight, one fifteen, drawn six, lost seven, with fifty three point six percent. Maurizio, sorry, we played 19, 112, drawn six, lost 163.2%. And Antonio Conte at the top, we played 38, 128, drawn four, lost six, 73.7%. I mean, you're looking at something, you know, Conte's got double Potter's, Potter's win rate. But that just kind of really sums up and granted, you know, Potter 11 games to Conte's 38. But, you know, you're struggling, you know, just, just to win games at home. And that's, you know, where your majority of your, your match going fan, fans are at. And, you, you go to Stamford Bridge, you go to see your team win, and that was not something that happened enough at home under Graham Potter. It was obviously well-documented before Leicester how long Chelsea went without an away win in the Premier League as well. Something that just simply was not, not good enough. Um. Yeah, look, this interesting stat from Opta, Chelsea underperformed their XG by 7.4 during Graham Potter's Premier League reign, but worst differential of any side since his first game in charge, 21 goals from 28.4 XG that look, this was a, you know, an issue that he had at Brighton and it's, you know, come to sort of plague him at Chelsea, um, which again probably leads to a wider question there, but look, it's, it's difficult. I felt, you know, I'm pleased, I guess, that he no longer is sort of a sitting duck, but I kind of felt he was, you know, obviously, you know, up till yesterday kind of did, you know, stem, So there was still that sort of word from from you know, that he was still sort of going to be that man. Literally, Literally, as we, you know, we recorded, I recorded with Tom yesterday, but we missed the pieces, but we said, you know, the indications that Potter was still going to be the man. And then obviously that had changed sort of by, by mid-afternoon and he was gone in the evening. I'm sorry for him that he and his family were, subject to abhorrent death threats which again is something we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago that was disgusting that was a really low moment from a few individuals uh unhinged unhinged individuals in this fan base and nobody should ever be subjected to that i'm I'm sorry for him that you know he, he had to suffer that that's never acceptable and you know people need to get i think a better grasp of their emotions at points um but yeah there's not really i guess a huge amount more to say on it. I think, you know, I, yeah, I don't know what will be next for Graham Potter, but I think, you know, he'll get, he'll get another good job. And I think another good opportunity to, to, to rebuild his his career. As I said, I don't think, as I said, I don't think his, you know, image should be t- really tarnished or people should, you know, try and rewrite what he'd done prior to coming to Chelsea, because what he'd done prior to Chelsea was what had convinced the, not just, you know, the owners, but also quite a lot of us fans that he could be, that person then unfortunately he was just not able to bridge the gap and you know by the end it just did sort of look like he was out of his depth and he was trying to solve a million and one things but not knowing you know necessarily what the entire problem was as i said you know without danger trying to repeat too much of what i said on the podcast with tom coley which you know the link will be in the description for that episode because i would thoroughly recommend listening because i think a lot of what was said then was still prevalent now and is what i would have kind of said you know on this if i'd not said it then um uh, but yeah it's it's a shame i think ultimately as well you know it's the second manager firing chelsea have, have made this season that did not happen in Abramovich era so that is sort of you know unprecedented that we what we've sort of seen right now look without I me mean, to go over old ground the decision to replace the decision now on sacking thomas tuchel looks worse than it did even if you know i you know strongly feel that you know Things were not great under Tuchel and that things have been not exactly going well for a while, it does not look good when his replacement is, is sacked. You know sacked when he is, having take having lowered us quite considerably further down the Premier League table. It did not work out. And that is that is a great shame. And I think now what is crucial for Chelsea and this ownership is that they get the next appointment right. It's a big decision what they have got to make here. Do they the image or you know, the idea that has been presented to us is that long-term project, long-term project. Are they going to get that man to do uh, that long-term project? Or are they going to, you know, is it easy to sort of shift gears to go to the, you know, sort of similar to the old regime that win now, get that sort of big name in charge? They That's a big decision that they've got to make. And it'll be interesting, you know, obviously the name's mentioned. Again, people who listen to the podcast, I know that I'm quite big on Julian He He's not necessarily that project manager for Chelsea. I, you know, I think maybe he potentially... Could be, but just because he's a young manager does not mean he's a project manager. And there's simply not the evidence to suggest he is a project manager yet. But maybe, maybe he could be given, you know, the time if he showed it at Chelsea, because ultimately the project has got to show signs for it to continue. You know, I actually think Graham Potter probably got a lot more time than he would have got under previous regimes with 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 Todd and Bedad. I think really there were so many times he could have he could have gone. Prior to this, you know Southampton. I think he could have gone. We, you know, we were hearing that Leeds and Dortmund would potentially to save his jobs. Which again, without going back to old episodes, mentioned the time but felt that if he's if he's got them to save his jobs, that it's it's going to be really difficult for him to actually really last that much longer. And look, he did. He got through them. He got past Dortmund. Which again, as I said, mentioned, oh, he was probably the best night of his mangio career so far. Was the best night of the season at Stamford Bridge. But we were not able to build on those on those two games on that. Dortmund performance, you know, what Chelsea have been since Borussia Dortmund is just an absolute mess, a complete circus, really. We beat Leicester 3 1, playing some really good, you know, attacking football, had a couple of goals ruled out for offside. Um, But defensively, we were a bit suspect. Everton, you know, was a game we should have won, but we conceded two really poor goals. We sort of went, you know, 1 0 up quite conservative to try and see a game, which we, to be fair, we had done previously games and it did not work. And then against Aston Villa, we sort of just, completely went against that, and we, you know, went sort of too gung ho. And it was just, just the signs of a man who, who didn't really know what he wanted to do and what he wanted to be. And again, makes me go back to, to those, you know, maybe that United or Brighton game. Did those games make him sort of lose confidence in what he wanted to do with Chelsea? Because I don't think we necessarily saw really that huge level of invention post Brighton that we saw after, after. So Uh, Look, it is, it is what it is. I think, you know, this chapter is closed. I know for a lot of people, you know, they will be no doubt happy that it's closed, and I completely understand that because it was not working. Um, Yeah, it's, it was difficult. I don't think this situation he came into was ideal for any Chelsea manager. A new ownership, putting infrastructure in after they've got him, I do not think it was ideal. I do not think. I don't know how many managers would necessarily have succeeded this season at Chelsea, but again, I do not know what the definition of succeeded is, and it's probably different to so many people, because again, I realise we were struggling at the start of the season under Thomas Tuchel. You know, Things were not great. We were sixth, but we'd lost 3-0 at Leeds and lost 2-1 Sampton, as well as that 1-0 loss to Zagreb. That was all in the space of of 17 days. I do not think this, you know, I think I said before, part of the end of last season, I thought this season losing some of the players we did, it would be a difficult season. It, obviously this under Potter has been gone worse than we all thought it would and obviously been more difficult than we thought it would. But Chelsea now have just got to really get through to the end of the season and they've got to make sure their plan, they've got to now make sure they make the right appointment for what their vision of what the, of the club wants to be. Um, yeah, I said. I think that's probably enough said. It's just a, a quick solo pub. There's no need. Obviously, on the past of previous managers, we sort of look back at their sort of some of their best moments in charge. Really, we did that with Frank, and we did that with with um, with Tuchel. But those were here considerably longer than Graham Potter. And unfortunately for Potter, there were not really that many moments to talk about. I said, other than the Champions League, really. Um, so yeah, that's gonna gonna wrap it up for this. Chelsea podcast it's just a very quick solo sort of episode yeah Uh, episode that you know just had to sort of do do on the spot um so I I hope you enjoy it's nothing too too analytical I said a lot of the thoughts you know from from yesterday's podcast I think just you know are still valid for for what was said said um here. but anyway I, I hope you enjoy um as I said the link for the episode with Tom Coley will Be in the description below, just looking back at the Aston Villa Game Boys talk on Mikhail Mudriks performance, Jarl Felix, and what do we do with him? There's some great, great uh, analogies and references uh, thrown in there. Um, yeah, as for us, we're on Twitter I'm about Chelsea Podcast, we're on Instagram I'm about Chelsea Podcast, we're on all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, I know it's very different. If you're a first time listener, this is not what this podcast is usually like, I'm always joined. With some of the, this is literally what happens when Chelsea make the decision at, at sometime after eight last night to Sacramento. And you've got to try and get content out there relatively relatively um, quickly. But look, we'll be back. We'll be back at the weekend uh, to look back on Bruno Salter's first game and maybe, you know, to see if there's any more managerial updates. But until the next episode, everybody, keep a blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network.